Light FM and Maybank brings you the latest news, the most compelling stories, and the real conversations. All live and exclusive on The Light Breakfast. This morning, we asked the question, what makes us Malaysians? And I think for a lot of people, quite apart from the culture, food certainly comes to mind. And with that in mind, we speak to Mervyn Lee, owner of Yaki, about what it means to be part of kale history. All right, Mervyn, first of all, could you paint a picture of, you know, this little coffee shop that's so important? Basically, it started out as a means to an end. The way I see it, this is my take on it, that what my grandfather started back in 1928 was just a means to provide for the family. Uh, It's a means for people to come, get their nourishment on the go, get to work, and everybody goes about their lives. And I I feel that nobody knew where it was going to go because... Who thought about legacy in, in the mm. early 1900s? Your only thought was, all right, pay the bills, save the money, raise the family. And the rest, you kind of wing it. And again, my grandfather passed away when my dad was only three years old. So it was helmed by my grandmothers. So my grandfather had three wives in Malaysia. One more in China. So fantastic for her. Mm. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> Imagine having three wives in the same household while there are also who decide to band together to keep things going, well, to raise my my father and his uh, late siblings as well. My God. Um, you don't, I think even at that juncture, it wasn't about building something that would last, but it was literally just to make ends meet. Then fast forward over time, it persisted. The culture stayed. The, the people came and you you build rapport you you there's a kinship with the people that you serve that you 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 run the business for and I think it, it's it's beautiful however um, it's challenging very challenging in the sense that being a one-off um, single establishment you don't get to leverage on numbers how we what we do and how we do it it's still pretty much it hasn't really evolved much. There's always that personal touch. I mean, you get table service in the kopitiam. And you probably still do. But nowadays, with the advent of all food courts, and it's basically self-service. So that seems to be the going trend, especially when you're when Malaysia and the world is grappling with issues of um, uh, manpower shortage. Mm. So that's, I mean, one of, few, one of the many things that I, will, I am facing is uh, how do I evolve? How do I keep things going? And on the other hand, you have people saying, your customers saying, boss, don't change whatever you're doing. Maintain. I say, I, say, I am dying here. I <laughs> it was the best two and a half years of studies ever, but got me to see the world differently before I was, um, before I joined the business full time. Also being the only son in my family, there was a, uh, a, a sense of grooming for the role. So I, I've got to ask. So th- this was this was your destiny, was it? This is this is what was always going to happen. It it kind of felt like it, you know, and uh, it didn't help that most people say, "Oh, you know, it's all going to be yours." So that some it was it took a while to come to terms with it because I grew up very conflicted in the sense that as a kid, you're here helping out um, child labor. <laughs> um, but but uh, it grew me, and I mean, there are life certain there are important life skills I learned at an early age: how to cook, how to handle, uh, attend to people, how to manage people, how to interact with people. 
And these aren't things that kids generally do in their early teens. Or I started helping out as I was 10. Mm. Right, yeah. But school holidays, weekends, public holidays. And, and you know, to a, to a certain degree, it felt like, okay, no, it's expected of me. I have to be here. Now, there's a sense of obligation that is inculcated, whether it was intentional or not. You know? mm. <laughs> uh, but it took a while to come to terms with it because am I not des- can I not be destined for other things? Is this all that's there for me? Am I here just to be a placeholder in a, in a line of other placeholders? And I've made my peace with the whole situation, I suppose. There was a lot of resentment, but the resentment, I, I suppose, would be uh, towards the fact that I wanted a choice. Mm. Right. Felt that I didn't have any, but I did. I, that, the choice is always there. But when you're faced with uh, this set a moral compunction to just do the right thing, mm. you, you forego a lot of things. Right. Right. But I am thankful that I have great customers who help make that journey a lot easier. I have a great team to work with that makes it a joy to be here. So I do love what I do now. On a side note, working with family, not always the best thing to do because family <laughs> relations can be strained, yeah. can be meaning, absolutely confirmed strained. But yeah, um, <laughs> I have a daughter, a 10-year-old daughter, which who has been spared the same kind of upbringing that I have endured. Because of her child labor laws? Uh, too. That too. Yeah. But more for the fact that um, she's something that's not right when you grow up, and then you know what you don't want to repeat. Mm. That's as much as the things have always been as such. The buck stops here, I suppose. Mm. Whether my daughter would come into the uh, into her own and say, "Daddy, I'm gonna run your business." Fine, but it looks like that's not happening, and I don't expect her to go make your own fate. Mm. Yeah. Raven, um, I, I wanted to jump in and ask, like, you know, in terms of like you were mentioning how you do things, how different is what's being served, for example, now that was served in your grandfather's day when he first set it up? What's the difference? Right now, I think what, I mean, I've been here near 20 years full time. It's always about improving. But I'm also of the belief that if something's not broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But where possible, make it better. Make it so that a, com- a customer's experience is paramount, that they get value. Uh, everybody spends their money here. It's hard-earned money. And just because we're a copy team and not a fine dining establishment does not mean that we shouldn't give them our best. It's mm. still hard-earned money. And I'm appreciative of that. Um, the food that we serve, we try we try to retain pretty much the same menu that we have since the early days. Some things have been off the menu, have been taken off the menu because uh, due to low traffic, prep, uh, whether it's conducive to preparations, uh, prep mm, time as well, yeah. and basically streamlining operations such that it it has to be well oiled. Given that it's a relatively low price point, we are dependent on volume turnover continuously so the idea is that to minimize anything that will affect uh, smooth operations so but uh, but i would i dare say 80 
uh, slightly over 80 to 90% of the menu re- remains from what we have done. See, Additions a- of, of a few items, uh, that's a difficult thing, isn't it? When you find your favorite coffee shop, you want to just linger and not leave. And yet, it's not great for the yeah, business. Yeah, it's not great for the business, right? <laughs> uh, that's definitely the case. But in, to me, I'm, I'm not a habit of chasing people off. I believe that people understand when they see a queue, yeah. they make way. Mm. And, and I'm okay. If there is no queue, sit, enjoy. Um, everything has a time and place. If I, there is no need for you to vacate, take your time. No, I'm, I'm of that belief. I understand where you're coming from and, you, and you know, there's only one of you, right? But if you had to dis- distill the essence of Yutki, right? And if, if you go down the franchise route, what are the things, what are your absolute have-to-haves in order for that model to be replicated? What is it that makes Yutki Yutki? I mean, food food is just one aspect of things. I I feel, and then this is based on observation and based on what customers tell me, especially regular customers. They they are my benchmark. That familiarity, mm. when you walk into an establishment like mine, and if you're regular enough, I'll know your name. You'll know mine. Yes, it may most of the time it'll be boss, or if you know me by name, absolutely perfect. Mm. But and it the fact that I remember the customers' names, and it impresses them. And they feel, oh, wow, they, they know our name. Yeah. And it adds to the entire dining experience. It's not a high society kind of place. Everybody from all walks of life come in. And yet we we make an effort to... And it's not something that I do just to score points. But it's because that's what I do and that's how I like it. And my team as well, uh, we, we know how a customer likes their coffee, how they like their noodles, well, what are the, the creatures of habit? You know, and before they even sit down and say, okay, you're having your coffee, you're having your Hainanese noodle, you're having a set of toast on the side. Say, yeah, no need to order. Like, basically, you know it. Hmm. People want that. How do you replicate that? You can have an SOP with... It's and it's a lot of... You You could have an SOP. You could have things, your training to have people say that this is what you do when the customer sits down. You address them in high, high, high. And for that to be executed from person to person, it's, I, I didn't want to know how. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my, for example, I have uh, my, my staff, my manager who, who's been working with me for 16 to 17 years knows exactly how I work, knows how I handle my customers, know how I treat my staff and my, 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 attitude, my attitude towards how things should be. And he executes it pretty much mirroring whatever I do. So mm. that helps too few and far apart mm. people like him. Mm. So, and reality is uh, the worker, I mean, the, the staffing shortage that we're all en- enduring, it's not going away anytime soon. And truth is, I've grappled with it for years. That's my chief gripe from, from day one. Being in the business is like, just when you thought, okay, We've got staff, we've trained them. I can breathe a bit. Ha 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 for a set you're in for a whole world of pain. Repeatedly over and over again. Mm. So yeah. I wanna ask you just a little bit. Leave us with a legacy story, so to speak. So the establishment was thriving under the guidance of three widows, right? Who are all married at the same time to your grandfather. Um, yeah. That already, I'm so interested in the story. But 
tell us another interesting story of something that has existed or is linked to Yutki. You'd be surprised of the kind of clientele that you see over the years. You see businessmen, you see family people. Uh, on on a weekday, it's usually them going about their thing, their daily affairs, whether it's work. And on the weekend, it's them bringing out their families. Having seen some customers reach the fifth generation, wow, it's truly humbling. Wow. And a lot of people still make the effort to, to come and because they have family members who are no longer with them. Mm. And they say that this gives us a brief respite from the fact that we no longer have them with us and feels that they're still here when we come and dine together. You can't even put a finger on it. You can't even put an emotion on that because mm. it is, it's overwhelming. One can only imagine. Mervin, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Asha and I will be popping by to visit soon and uh, we'll shoot the breeze over a nice cup of coffee. Thank you once again.